people think I'm exaggerating, but I did see a woman talking about how she wants Bob Mueller to pop her pussy. And <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. Somebody did a, a multi tweet erotic role play of fucking Robert Mueller. <laughs> it was completely sincere. Yeah. I, I thought it was a troll account, but no, it's just been posting resistance crap for over a year now. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I love getting deep dicked by an 80 year old police officer. <laughs> I love it when the. Yeah, so that's another part of Twitter. It's like your top crushes are Robert Mueller, McGruff again, uh, the cop who gets shot in The Godfather. <laughs> Sterling Hayden. Sterling <laughs> Hayden. How's the Italian food here? Perry Mason. Uh, Perry in, Mason is daddy AF. In the Mueller daddy thread, there is like it was incredibly explicit, too. Oh and and one of the comments is like, like Mueller would uh would just pull your hair from the top yeah. and just never break eye contact with you while he oh. just like steadily just stroked you down. Jesus, <laughs> use that website. The first part of that was uh, after he comes home from a long day of investigation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, my entire body is worn out from investigating, except for my dick. Yeah, I uh, oh, just no. got done playing. Uh, uh, operation with Michael Flynn in exchange for information. Every time I removed a wrench ankle, he gave me an email. All, all this, all this talking to Don Jr. for seven hours, where I explained the concept of time zones to him, <laughs> it's got me really horny, and I really want to <laughs> fuck your pussy, milady. You have the right to come. <laughs> you have the right to remain soaking wet. I'm going to cradle you in my disgusting old man arms that look like when you. Put a sausage on a frying pan and don't cut them, and the skin just boils. That's what my Sorry. arms look like. I am just, just now s- coming in at the last minute here because my roommate has s- convinced himself again that he has ringworm. Can you can you let me know where we're at and why I am? Oh, I'm doing a talking about this woman who wanted to fuck Robert Mueller. I love it when he spoons me in those sausage arms, and he's sort of he's pulling my hair, and then he's rubbing his his finger that looks like uh, an elongated raisin or along my clit. And he's telling me uh, uh, Rico statutes about laundering money. He's like, uh, well, did you know that the FSB was found to have paid uh, some of no less than $30 to pay the rational pedophile to do an anti-Hillary video? And we're going to send Don Jr. to prison for life. We're going to execute Steve Bannon. Are you wet? Do you like how fucking wet I make you? Do you like how fucking soaked your pussy gets when you just see me? See me in my fucking cop trench coat? My cop my cop shoelaces? My, uh, my shoes are so fucking tight. It's like a football. No air is getting out. That's what it's like when I'm fucking you. With my dick that looks like a piece of driftwood that was caught in a creek for three years. <laughs> you make me such a you make me such a fucking pervert. You make me so fucking hard. Thinking about how thinking about how my fedora gets caught gets caught on your clitoral hood. <laughs> I have my tongue in your pussy, and I'm I'm reading I'm reading out the counterfeiting act right into your vulva. You're a nasty little freak, and I'm the 900-year-old cop who's fucking you. Hey everybody! Uh, hi folks! Hi, it's it, hey. Oh, you're just didn't joining see us. You there. Oh, didn't see you. Come on in. Come on in and join us. We're doing like we usually do. Uh, just, just, just talking dirty. <laughs> Pull up a groove and get fabulous. <laughs> uh, it's your chapo. It's your chapo for. It's your premium chapo for the middle of the week. It's your premium chapo. We're getting close to that most premium time of year. Oh, Christmas. The elite tier time of year. Christmas and New Year. Crispy air. Presents under the tree. It's fun. And we can say Merry Christmas again. That's yeah, yeah. Thank right, God. folks? Yeah, do you hear about it, folks? You can say it now. And I have to say that it is absolute bullshit that he legalized saying Christmas again, but he has not pardoned any of the people who are still in prison for having said it in the past. That is bullshit. That's like all these, uh, all these white women that are selling cannabis oil and like yoga weed Pilates when everyone else is in yeah. All people of color in right. jail. All those people in there, all those, all those urban mall Santas who said Merry Christmas and then got packed off to Gitmo. Where is their fucking Christmas this year? 
I think, I think that Trump sort of dialed back a lot of his war on Christmas rhetoric because he was recently told that Santa isn't real. When he came into the White House, he was like, where, where, where's the chimney? How, how was he going to get in? This completely presence? screws up my plans. You have no idea how much this uh, ruins Now, I only wanted to be president so that I could send SEAL Team 6 to abduct Santa <laughs> Wait. and make, me, make him give me every gift I ever wanted. Wait, does the White House not have a chimney? It probably does. I was just probably. You know, I don't remember yeah. seeing any pictures. There's a chimney when Bob Mueller's in there <laughs> fucking my pussy, <laughs> fucking my ass down the chimney. Bob Mueller coming in there like a cockney chimney sweep. <laughs> Oi, governor, why don't I fill up your boy pussy? When, when Mueller comes, it's like clapping two chalkboard erasers <laughs> together. <laughs> Mueller comes, brill cream. <laughs> um, Girl, I'm going to get you popping like Vicky Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Did Thank you. Took him a second. That was good. Hey, at least he got it. Yeah. Uh, Trump is so impressionable, he's going to meet Pendulette. <laughs> and he's going to he's going to go, folks. Uh, this is a little little humor, but uh, I worship a deity, the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> uh, praise his posthumous. <laughs> don't want to get uh, too blue here, but uh, what I'm saying is uh, basically, you know, like God. Okay, we can't prove God's real, but what if it was spaghetti? Because we have the same amount of proof. Okay, uh, check your premise, uh, theist. He's the ideal candidate, though, for uh, uh, Las Vegas magic-based uh, theology or lack thereof. It, you could just do got thing. your yeah. nose. Yeah. And he would, like, <laughs> How the hell has David Blaine not gone to the White House? Because yeah. in five minutes, he could convince him that he is the risen son of God and get him to do anything. Absolutely. Because like, those David Blaine tricks are very impressive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tr- like if David Blaine did his street magic stuff, it, he could get Trump to do anything, like the card stuff. But if he did his latter career stuff where it's like... He's just, I'm going to live in a bubble for three years. Yeah, then Trump would be like, oh my God, black people don't need food. <laughs> <laughs> How come all these hot magicians, you know, like David Blaine, they just do they just do magic. They just do bullshit. I mean, it's a fulfilling career, but how come none of them thought, you know, I'm really talented at this. I'm just going to tell people I'm a god and get like a million followers easily because that's how dumb we are. Because they're magicians. Well, I mean, there are a few guys like that. Like Jim Jones literally was basically a magician. He would do those palm hand like tumor removal things oh, like yeah. guys would go to the bathroom psychic, and come, uh, psychic, psychic surgery healing. They, well yeah but he would call it healing okay. and they, he would it's, pull it's better when they're pull, Filipino though like yeah, the, they, the, well, that's the thing the fi- Filipino psycho, psychic healing is one thing he would say you've got cancer I'm going to cure you and then he would come out holding a fucking uh Supposed to chicken liver. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that was a psychic surgery. Well, yeah, that's not yeah. magic. That's just appropriation. It's <laughs> wrong. But that's the thing is, if you go that right, you'll you'll probably end up being burned alive by the FBI or killing. Nah, yourself Jim in Jones the made some mistakes back there. I mean, he didn't have to necessarily end in that fashion. Like, oh, that's true. He yeah. could have just let him go. I mean, he had a good thing going right. L- there. A lot yeah. of unforced errors. I do the uh, the fashion. We've discussed this. Like that needs to be the direction you go in. Oh yeah, I need. I'd have you to. You need get, the shades. Well, that's the thing is, I I have to have glasses, so it's hard to get uh, sunglasses. So I think I get transitions lenses. Yeah. And a, a white shark skin suit. Yeah, I, I, or you could do. I think you could do brown corduroy. I think you would look well in a slightly oversized brown corduroy suit. Yes, big wide tie for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I had transition lenses when I was in sixth grade, and I you uh, got so much pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to stop wearing them. I had to stop wearing them because my fr- my friend Peter said, uh, "Yeah, Felix has transition lenses. They transition from gay to gay." We're replacing you with him. Where is this person? Yeah, I like, came coming. home that day, and I was like. I just want regular glasses for no reason. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. That guy was a player. That yeah. guy's going to be our new cast member. <laughs> oh, I got... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids rock. <laughs> They're so mean. I got I got owned into oblivion yesterday. I know some of you guys saw it. I was on Michael Brooks's podcast the other day. They do more of like a live thing where like you can they do call ins yeah. and like yeah. uh, they get like instant messages and stuff. And I was like, I, I told his fans to I was like, destroy me, kings and queens, drag me. And uh, this guy Mike from Staten Island messaged in the show live to say, Hey, Will, you're the Ricky Gervais of Chapo. 
So is it, what is it going to be new atheism or something else that makes you unbearable in three years' time? Oh, oh, you're going to lose 15 pounds and never shut up about it. I think that's going to be your base move. Will's going to do a bunch of pictures where he's like standing next to a tiger and he has like slick back hair and sunglasses and his mouth is open like in a big smile. And it's like, if you kill animals, you're a cunt. <laughs> Which is not so bad, really, I think, as well, well as the things Ricky Gervais does. As, as I said, you're not wrong, but, you know, if Champo uh, is even one-tenth as good as, you know, The Office... Then I can handle being. Um, it won't be. Well, who's Stephen Merchant then? And who's Carl Pilkington? This raises a whole bunch of. Questions. I, I think I, we all know who Carl Pilkington is. Yeah, that's true. We all know who Carl oh, is. Pilkington. It me? Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're aware. We definitely know who that is. <laughs> right, can you just say if it's me or Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let the audience decide. This is why I like comparing us to like more. Uh, valorous things like uh you know uh the x-men or or uh um terminator because it's like then we can all win we can all be cool but <laughs> these things like someone's always going to get their feelings hurt well, yeah these things highlight your faults and yeah. those things highlight your your abilities right like picking yeah. who's in who's which ninja turtle that's that's all winners all across why no someone's always going to be donatello well, that's, yeah that's, that's donatello's no, the bitch i'm leonardo i'm the leader obviously no you're leonardo yeah. uh, i'm Raphael. Yes, Amber is absolutely yeah. Raphael. I never watched the show, so I, I forget. All I didn't. All I had a were. tent that I, I slept am, in. I had a Ninja Turtles tent that I construct that my mom got me for Christmas, and I constructed my room yeah. and a Ninja Turtles sleeping bag. Hell and yeah. I slept in it for like six Hell months. Yeah. Felix is Casey Jones. Actually, Felix, okay, oh, yeah, that cool. works. Sure. I'll be Michelangelo then. Yeah. I'm Michelangelo. Who's, what does Casey Jones do? He hits people with yeah. a hockey. He's stick. a jock. Yeah, all right. And, and Virgil is Donatello. Okay, yeah. what does that mean? You're good with machines. Oh, you're, you're, you're technically technically skilled. You're the bitch nerd. Okay. And you're, you're the, the bitch ass nerd. He's, he's the leader of the group, clearly, because of his uh, superior abilities. <laughs> his Minecraft skills. I just want to eat some pizza. That's all I know. Party. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, we've got that out of our system, uh, we've done our... Are, are talking dirty with the head of the FBI. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking our, hot. Our Ninja Turtle riff. Um, now that we validated every criticism of yeah. the show. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need to hear from Matt and Virgil. Oh boy. About um, you guys went to an event this week. We did po- some. We did some field reporting. You did some field. You have a field report from a bit of a sort of politics-based game gaming that you guys did this week? That's yeah. like, would you like to fill us in? We went to, this week, the Comedy Cellar where, for this event called Kornacki and the Whiz Kid present <sighs> Political Trivia Live at the Village Underground, <sighs> a night of politics, beer, and trivia. <sighs> hosted by Steve Kornacki, uh, the MSNBC elections guy, and friend of the show, Harry Enton. <sighs> you're, you're sort of a, you're sort of a, a forecaster Enton head, Virgil. I, I thought... I was a <laughs> forecaster and tin super fan, but uh, let me set the scene for you. This was sold out. This was sold out. This was packed. There were people waiting in line uh, uh, in total futility trying to get standby tickets. Uh, the layout of this place is not conducive for a trivia night. Oh, it's awful. We were uh, seated, me and Matt were seated next to each other on a, at a booth, yeah. and there were two strangers sitting across from us, and this gentleman comes in who uh, I forget everything about him. It doesn't matter. Uh, but he's this big grinning guy. He tells us, oh, his friend is coming. And we're just like, oh, okay, and not making eye contact with him. Uh, and his friend comes, and he looks over at us and says, so what's our team name going to be? And we ended up being in a team with these two Well, we, could, we had absolute to. Strangers. There would have been no OPSEC trying to figure out what the answer is. That's true. Were. It was very small. The, the, fo- the forecaster and in virginity takers. But I'm glad. <laughs> would have given you right no, away. We were, we, were, we were called uh, Comet Ping Pong Diplomacy was our name. Nice. And the guy was the guy we were on the team with actually turned out to be very helpful. He knew a lot of very, very tough ones, and we knew that because he was a fan of Harry Enton. Yes. He said, uh, one of the first things he said to me was, uh, so... Um, so how long have you known about Harry Enton? <laughs> I've been following Harry since he was a Dartmouth student yep. and his elections blog. Yep. And he is literally 
David the Milk Milkberg, Carl Diggler's only fan, but for Harry Enten. Yeah, Harry Enten has a Milkberg, we now know. It's a Harry Enten stand. And everybody at that thing was on that level of uh, train emoji, I don't know. Uh, you, you described it as like, uh, it was a trivia night, but because it was trivia and like people were you know do, doing answers in trivia, it was like a room full of people all just going, ah, you know what? It was basically. <laughs> and we knew that because as soon as it started, they came out and Kornacki and... And Harry Atten, who, by the way, is one of the most repulsively uncharismatic people I've ever seen. I he thought made, it was kind of cool. My skin crawl. He came out wearing a fucking sport coat with one button done, all hunched over. He looked like Ed Grimley's child. It's a classic look. <laughs> and he, anyway, so they're talking about the Ohio, the uh, Alabama Senate race, and they're talking about the margin and how close it was. And Harry Atten goes, "It was about forty thousand votes," and people in the audience start yelling out. With corrections of the exact amount number of votes. Oh, that Baller. sounds like heaven. Baller. Yeah, I like. Oh. I, I like the guy who scouted Harry. Like, I like the idea of just a childless adult man who hangs outside of magnet schools and he's scouting for future wants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we got we got this kid over here. He's, uh, we got a uh, Garrett Roth and we got uh, we got Eli Eli, uh, Eli Khan. All right. So this one he looks bad getting off the bus. He's got the hunched over virgin posture and uh, his pen exploded all over his book bag. Uh, but uh, Eli over there, kids are kicking his roller backpack. That's <laughs> a sign of a future talent he's gonna get bullied a lot in the future yeah this guy he's got uh he's got plus plus uh logic he's got an he's got an 80 uh uh ad hominem he's gonna do great this kid's a five tool player yeah the tools being uh Uh, pedantry graphs (laughs) um nerd ass bitch why why are you why are you arresting me why are you it's not a crime to ask these children about what website they the masthead they'd like to be on i'm interested in their future uh now you've you've probably you know been to bar trivia and things like that or bars or in public at all at some point and uh there were these two big screens up there and during this whole period while while you know they're seating everyone uh all that displays is uh i assume it was harry just navigates to the political wire blog by tegan goddard and just displays it and slowly scrolls through the headlines well he's very he's very much invested in people reading the blogs a couple of times he asked very difficult questions and then you basically yelled at the audience if you had read my blog you'd know this and then in the middle of it uh, i read your blog you magnificent son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) although normally you do a trivia night if you ask a question or a series of questions you let people think about it and you'll play like music or music video something interesting instead there was just the entire night just a static spreadsheet showing the scores and then in between the rounds they would play as a little fun thing. This is just too unscrewed. I still can't wrap my head around yeah, this. Yeah, they would go to Google Images and they would punch in a politician and then they would just scroll the page of pictures of them. So they would write in uh, Linda Murkowski and then they would show a bunch of pictures of Senator Linda, Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski. Or the, no, I'm thinking of the other one, the one from Maryland. Uh, uh, oh, Bar- Barbara, Barbara Mikulski. Mikulski. Barbara Mikulski, her. Yeah. And then uh, Everett Dirksen. <laughs> and and the, uh, Richard Nixon And they would just scroll them And that was supposed to be sort of the visual entertainment And one time they did Ruth Bader Ginsburg And a table full of young women went now, just no, Hang on Imagine you're at some kind of event or something like that And you're just like watching a Already screen a and, like, This is here to entertain you And somebody's just typing to Google Ruth Bader Ginsburg And showing you the results Just scrolling through the results That would be flabbergasting to you But this crowd loved it Yeah, they the were guy, so excited The guy who we were playing the team with He would look at the thing and he'd go uh, Debbie Stabenow <laughs> He was so I know who that is I yep. know who that is uh, anyway, so midway through the through the thing, we're doing pretty well, actually. We did very well, actually. And, he helped a lot. Uh, there were uh, guests. Uh, there were five rounds, and like for three or four of them, there were guests. And I, one person, I have no idea who it was. One was Katie Turr from NBC, and then the last one was Nate Cohn of the New York Times, and <laughs> uh, I had no idea that Nate Cohn was nineteen years old. He was. He looks like a college kid playing hacky sack or something. I assumed, based on his tweets, I've never seen a picture of him. I assumed he was like fifty or something. I mean, I think the the New York Times kind of specializes in that hiring wunderkinds that have never been young. 
He's not. Yeah. He's not bad at his job, but it's it's it was just staggering to me how young he was. We get we did very well. We didn't win. We came close, but we the bad thing is that we were defeated by a table of guys who write for the Daily Kos. By one Ooh. point. Ooh. So you guys came in second, right? We got we in think. second. Second or third. Uh, they second did, or third they like, never actually ran down. There was no prize, and they never actually ran down the final scores. They just said who won, and then who was second and third, without saying who which one was which or by how uh, much. Prizes were advertised, but we did not receive a prize. Though our guy, he like saved us in this one round about polling, where he just like completely blew us out of the it water. Was amazing. I, I mean, no these idea. were questions that were like, one of them was, uh, at what in what decade did the percentage of Americans supporting miscegenation uh, overtake the ones not supporting it? By the way, no one who supports miscegenation calls it miscegenation, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a red flag there. <laughs> so he knew all kinds of crap like that, and then we gainsayed him, we gainsayed him a couple times. And in fact, we might have cost ourselves a win by overruling him on one that he was right on. <laughs> I think so, too, yeah. And he got really mad. He was someone who was like, I don't really drink, but he had like two white wine spritzers or something, and he got rowdy. He went nuts. <laughs> we were So we were sitting... Uh, by having sense, our booth was was adjoining the booth of all the special guests of Katie Turr and Nate Cohen, and this guy kept leaning over and just freaking <laughs> out, just freaking them out, just screaming about how much he loves and wants to talk to them. And these people have no idea how to handle it. Not like us, of course. We're pros. Yeah, we were cool. Uh, and so, yeah. So you guys, you guys lost to our. Hated they enemies had, at the Daily they Coast. They had three more people on their team. Yeah, they had us, seven so. people on their team. Yeah. That is bullshit. Yeah, that's like almost cheating. Yeah, yeah. All right, you take their top four versus our top four. You guys would have won. For sure. I think so. Yeah, we yeah. absolutely would have won. Oh, another thing that happened. Uh, uh, what's her name? There was one question where the answer was Susan Sarandon, and everyone started booing. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. okay. And one of the teams, you could see the team on the spreadsheet, so you saw the team names. Most of them were very terrible. One of them, and none of, very few, none of them were funny, but ours. And one of them was, fuck Jill Stein. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, we, were, you know, we were talking about how the, uh, the sexual fantasies about Robert Mueller. Did you see the thing earlier in this week where it was like some report that like Jill Stein took money from Russia? And I swear to God, I saw resistance people being like, I would be okay with her and Susan Sarandon being executed like the Rosenbergs. I love the I love the idea of executing Susan Sarandon for voting for Joel Stein. Yeah. I love the idea of like knowing the story about the Rosenbergs and arriving at the conclusion that like yes, that's when America yep. was great. Yeah. That's definitely what should uh, have happened. Donald Donald Trump He's a traitor to this country. He's just like the Rosenbergs. And liberals, we stand for America. We'll execute all of them. <laughs> so I got to say, uh, wonks, they're uh, surprisingly reactionary. Well, this could, this they're, 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 they're very, they're a very the specific feather. type. They are data-worshipping centrists who think that their worldview is supported not only uh, by what's right, but by what works, and that everyone else is irrational in some way. This gives me an idea. What if we were to host our own trivia? We've no, talked about we've this. Talked about that, a bar yeah. trivia night. Yeah. We each do a round of questions. Yeah, yes. get a bar. Yeah. People would come out for that, right? People we could have some special guests. That. Well, Harry Enton and Steve Bernard have not to be come hosting out for that. Yeah, we, you, I think you wouldn't, go to, you wouldn't go to Chapo trivia. I'm sorry, I'm too cool for Chapo trivia. Okay. All right, fine. Okay. You, more all trivia right. for us. Yeah. We'll all do one. We'll do, I'll do two rounds each, uh, and we we'll, we'll have real prizes. <laughs> send, Felix, yeah. send yeah, me, Harry. Felix, send me do. fun selfies to the WhatsApp, Felix, and I will can, be somewhere doing drgs uh, okay, with cool. Right. We'll also be You'll doing. Be wearing well, I mean, I will be doing 2017 drugs aren't be fucking cool anymore. Every fucking anxiety case in media does drugs. You're literally covered in a layer of drug dust well i mean you know everything's a drug <laughs> that <laughs> reminds you know, have you ever thought about how caffeine's a drug hey, hey. but the government's okay with that hey that- here's here's a take what if what if you know that smartphone of yours it's basically a drug i'm addicted to faves oh by the way we were also hated there uh because we just got very drunk <laughs> yeah i'm shocked oh, hold on a minute totally one of shocked. us got very drunk we, i was we, responsible oh well you were driving so you only had seven <laughs> uh and so, like, in between the rounds, like, they brought a special guest, and they would talk to them about God knows what. My hearing guys just kind of, everything went kind of soupy after a while. So I just started screaming, do the trivia, do the questions. And people <laughs> were shushing me because they wanted to hear Katie Turr for some fucking reason. Like, they're just, you're, they're just recapitulating their fucking blog posts. Just read their blogs. This is not engaging you. Just read the damn trivia. We're here for trivia. But anyway, my, here's my complaint. And here's something that we need to fight collectively. 
They advertised prizes. Prizes, <laughs> plural, which means at least first and second should get a prize. I we, don't think they, I don't even think the winners got a prize. Okay, well, we definitely did not get a prize. By the way, my favorite moment was leaving the circle of, the semicircle of awestruck dorks surrounding Steve Kornacki. These guys, these guys had cornered poor Steve Karnacki, and they were just beaming at him. And I was like, oh, buddy, you are in for an evening. Steve Karnacki is a surprisingly normal human being, uh, especially in, compared to everyone else in that room. But, yes, we are entitled to a prize. Chapo Trap House, Team Comet Ping Pong Diplomacy, is entitled to a prize, Mr. Enton. <laughs> and we are not going to let up until we get that prize. Please join us in demanding that Harry Enton give us our prize. Go to Harry Anton's apartment. Just wait outside the front door. Say Virgil wants his Dakota ring. <laughs> no, Matt wants his propeller hat. These were the I promised like prizes. Say that we sent you. It's not illegal. <laughs> I meant just like write a write a sternly worded letter. Harry Anton lives in the uh, Dakota building right outside Central Park <laughs> on the west side. The, uh, just approach him as he leaves one day uh, across the street. He's a the- phony, folks. He's a phony, <laughs> uh, Mr. Anton. If my co-host in the recount are deemed to have won and deserve the prize, you have to tell me what 538 means. <laughs> <laughs> no more of your media in-group signaling and riddles that confuse me, that's, seek to make a fool out of me. That's the number of women Nate Silver has slept with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Silver, the real Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, Nate Silver might be gay. I actually don't know. Yeah, he, he is. He is. He is. Oh. He is. Oh, I, thought, I, I, I always thought he was a ladies' man. Just the way his swagger, the vibe, and his charm. Yeah. Um, so, moving on from our, our on the ground reporting to uh, a bit of the news of the week. Uh, so, so the year's almost over, and just to you know, a nice sort of cap on everything. The sort of star on top of the Christmas tree is the uh, tax bill passed. Man, don't know what else to say about. I'm that. so fucking psyched. Jobs are coming back. It's going to be amazing. I mean, the stock market's doing yeah. through the roof. You know, yeah. Yeah, all these companies are just like throwing throwing wads of cash at their employees, like they're at the script club, just celebrating. Uh, Bitcoin's at all time highs. That's yeah, how you know the economy's sailing. doing good. It's that number's very, very high. well. Women whose job it is to go to the financial district and step on men's balls and high heeled shoes are going to be doing very well. Um. Don't know what else to say about the uh, tax bill that we haven't already said on the previous episode. Go back and listen to the deficit oh, rag I, episode. I have some new stuff. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I've changed my mind. I'm happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you saw that 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 you know this is a this is a growth machine, and we're going to see growth in jobs and just this is a grower, this is what happens when this you, is a grower economy. It's not, not, it's not a shower. Uh, if you put this economy in Donald Trump's mouth, it's going to grow. <laughs> you put it in his hands or his mouth, it's going to grow. But this is what happens you, when you have a businessman right. in, yes. in charge. Did you yes. see the old tweet that people found from like two years ago where like someone says it's the thing where Donald Trump used to like quote tweet people like sort of black Twitter style and it's guy saying, yep. your, your dad gives good brains? Damn. And Trump goes, it's called great jeans. <laughs> and I've just been thinking since I saw that about Donald Trump going getting top from my wonderful father, Fred C. Trump. Very fun. Thank you. <laughs> and it's really cool that like the Repu- like the reasonable Republicans, they all voted with the guy who brags about his dad giving elite <laughs> dome to loot the, loot the government. Yeah. Like just... Well, a lot of the it's really amazing. A lot of the coverage of the the passage of this bill was focused on Paul Ryan mm. yeah. in a nauseating Can't you just way. Just do it for this young boy; it's his dream. It's a real they were human like, they were like, story. yeah, they were like Paul Ryan, a guy who used to be a a waiter at a tortilla flats restaurant right outside the Capitol, has been dreaming and working his whole life to slash taxes and the welfare state. It's like if you had a litter of puppies and you put an ad in Craigslist, free puppies, and if somebody showed up with a small boy looking up at you very sadly and said, it's his dream to strangle a newborn (laughs) puppy. Please, sir, just let him, just one. It's the more porridge scene, except he's asking the porridge guy to just dump it out of another kid's bowl. Yeah, so he can just watch the child go hungry. So yeah, what what's good for Paul Ryan uh, and his dream is I love how he's really good for America. It's astounding. He's basically admitting that he's likely to not even seek reelection. Yeah, like this is his fucking legacy. This yeah, is his my work here is done. Fucking 
a, a monument to himself. He's this is he's going to ride off into the sunset after this. Yeah, and he's just going to build himself like four mansions just stopped stacked on top of each other just to see how high they can go. That's what's so fucked up about the people who are retiring and voted for this because they want, you know, the big checks to come with uh, from think tanks and lobbying groups after they retire. It's like, what the fuck is Jeff Flake even going to buy? What is Paul Ryan going to buy? They don't do anything for fun. All, they're just going to buy a bigger version of their already disgusting McMansion where they eat like ham and cheese sandwiches while watching football games. They're going to get in life and death battles with their neighbors over the length of their lawns. Yeah. These are the not true, people yeah. who can enjoy a ski do. No, yeah, Jeff Flake is too much of a bitch to jet ski. Yeah, what the fuck's Bob Corker, who apparently they fucking wrote in an extra little bonus just for him and for people like him in order to uh, get a windfall from this in order so he'd vote why for is it. this so specifically about I, I mean i saw the david sirota thing but why is this so specifically for bob well, not just bob corker but for all the I guys who are all of the real estate moguls in the senate which surprisingly is not few <laughs> there's a number of them there's double digits guys who have huge real so, estate holdings who are going to personally benefit from a, a late addition to a bill that bob corker voted no for the first time and voted yes for the second time so i guess like the point of that story is that they they don't even care that, like, no none of these guys care. Don't give a shit yeah. They, yeah. like at this point like there's two things maybe maybe we will survive this maybe we've created such a bulwark of voter suppression and disengagement and uh, and gerrymandering that we'll win even with doing all this stuff. Maybe America is so polarized and checked out and or, or checked out, we could withhold, withstand this. And if we don't, who cares? It's all coming apart soon anyway. I could build a fucking biodome surrounded by yeah. laser dogs if I have the money from this. Yeah. Now, you know, so, so I mean, that, that is, you know, the vision of the, of the future that they're uh, working hard for every day. However, something else happened this week to give us a vision of the present that I found stunning and really taken aback by because I thought, you know, this is the time of year when pretty much everyone is checked out. Nothing new is really going on. We're all just basically on cruise control until sometime around January 5th or something oh, like that. Still a sweet first 2018 memes come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until that, that new crop of memes come out. However, something appeared this week that I think speaks to our current moment in a way that is profound. And uh, brought joy to me. I'm speaking, of course, about Wyatt Ingram Coke. Uh, A. Wyatt Coke. The the chubby Coke son who... The Francis Buxton of the Coke family. (laughs) Who I I can't imagine a better avatar for the type of... Chubby ginger. For the the person who stands to benefit immensely from this This is the man who will gain tens of millions of dollars because of limitations placed on the estate tax. Uh, so as part he of this, can fulfill his dreams. It's like we, America was told point blanks to its face today. You will get sick. You will die. Uh, you will you will suffer de- harm because of what we just did. And why? Why is it necessary for you to do that? Why is it necessary for you to lose access to affordable health care or lose Medicare or Medicaid because of cuts that are built into this thing? Uh, why are why does your child have a medieval disease that we thought people had gotten rid of like Scofia? Uh well, it's so that this fucking asshole can spend money to buy 10 million fucking Paisley ascots for his dogs. Well, A.Y. Coke is the, <laughs> the, uh, 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 the chubby Coke son who's the son of not... Not, not Chuck or Dave. Charles and David had a son together. <laughs> and they space docked it's, it's, and gave birth to this, uh, this fancy boy. It's Wyatt Ingram Coke. He's, no, he's the son of Will Coke. Who he's, I, the one with the, he's the one who built his own western ghost town in Colorado that nobody could go into but and him and his friend where they all sired, play dress up together. He sired this fancy lad. He's, he's, oh, can you imagine the times they've had together wearing chaps? <laughs> Well, As they calivant around their property. Yeah, well, they have more in common than you would think. I bet they both know rope tricks. Well, that's actually normal to me. That's like a normal something a normal person would do if they had a shitload of money. I'm going to make my own Western amusement park only for me. <laughs> All the other weirdos like Tom Con or Paul Ride, they're just going to do boring bullshit with their money. This is actually cool. Well, Tom he, Con, he Tom inspired Con, his kid. He inspired his kid who is now the CEO. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. He has a company that that makes fat guy shirts. 
Yeah. He, but okay, but, but fancy fat guy yes. shirts. No, I I mean it's not even fancy. It's, it's fancy. eccentric. It's I think it's I think he well, has, you does think he say something about how it's like fit for the boardroom or something? We'll, we will play audio from this. I mean I mean in, in, in the, you, you you say boardroom, I say, you know, plea bargain that your dad secured after you poisoned a bunch of dogs. <laughs> My father said to me, Wyatt, you can do whatever you want to in life, but just make sure you do it well and you do it with passion. Every day I go to the office, I enjoy creating the clothes. I want my shirts to be able to be worn in the boardroom or in a discotheca or a nightclub or on a yacht. Uh, He says boardroom because he like fundamentally didn't go down that business track. And his idea of a boardroom was something out of like a B-52's music video. (laughs) Yeah, but I also think he's just a guy who... Was a big fat dude who liked Hawaiian shirts, which, hey, as a guy who likes Hawaiian shirts, I totally get that. But one day he was just said, why can't I wear this everywhere? And it was like, because nobody's made one that was that was high class enough. And he was like, well, I found my my job. My job He's like, being dad, the can change I have, he wants to see in the world. Can I have $500 billion to do what? this? And his dad says, sure, we're just going to further uh, immiserate the working and middle classes and just extract the last he, fucking, to pull the fucking uh, copper wiring and piping out of America so that I can melt it down and give you fucking fancy outfits. What one makes- of them is covered in uh, eight balls and pool cues. One of them is covered with bags of money. What One of them is a shirt that shirts, just has money bags on it. What makes these shirts yeah. acceptable in a business setting other than the marketing palaver? Well, what he, well, he says, business. as he I mean, says in the video, and please play a clip of this, he says, I view these shirts as being, you know, something you can wear in the boardroom or at the discotheca. <laughs> you know, well, he, these are the shirts that you wear when you're a fat guy who wants to be described as a party animal and not a fat guy. Um, these, you know, when you think about it, now thinking about uh, Wyatt the shirt guy, the tax bill is kind of like the biggest make-a-wish ever. <laughs> because it's for every inbred foul son of people who, like, invented new types of uh, missiles and, uh, like, more efficient ways of uh, dumping pollutants in rivers. And it's like, please, you don't understand. My son is very sick. <laughs> He's incredibly stupid and shitty. <laughs> he can't do anything. I need a zero. I can't pay any taxes. I, I need to give my son his dream of making a shirt that somehow makes him look fatter. I will give him this, though. Uh, this is a very uh, well-trodden, rich kid path. Where they're like, I'm going to be a designer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then they like clearly outsource the thing to someone with like a modicum of taste that knows how to imitate taste without actually being tasteful. I believe with my whole heart that he handpicks and designs every single one of these. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. These are his children. Well, as you saw in the video, the, the one thing that everyone, like the, the scene of him sketching yes. the design. <laughs> like with uh, a fucking crayon. That has to be the album art. It looks, yeah, it looks or like the, the, the uh, episode it, art. It looked like those, uh, the snowman subway ads where it's like, Mr. Policeman, you could have found her. Yeah. The thing is, they make actual, like, sketchbooks that have the f- male form already drawn out that you can draw, and he's like, no, I'm going to freehand it. Yeah, I, how dare you call him? I got him my a, Crayolas. How dare you call him a lazy, rich, foul, spoiled foul son? He, they gave him the template. He refused to use it. <laughs> He's like, I will, I will draw this barely recognizable shape of a man. It's like a, yeah. it's like a Thanksgiving turkey hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll draw a Thanksgiving turkey hand and put my birthday cake ass shirt on. This <laughs> put my ravioli pudgy fingers up there. <laughs> Uh, this was actually I, I mentioned it on uh, last week's show. This was actually the plot of the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis plays a guy who's so obsessed with making uh, fashions for large gentlemen that feature uh, prints, uh, printed fabrics featuring birthday cakes, toucans, and bank vaults, <laughs> and then sewing elastic onto like pleated Dockers khakis. That like you know his his world becomes upended by the introduction of a. Honestly, it sucks that he is like global level bourgeois. Because if he was even middle class, he would be a lovable John Waters character. Yeah, yeah. If he didn't have his dad be like, he "Oh, here you, here you are, son. Here's some bolts of clothing." Here you are. Yeah. I mean, the reason he drew that and thought that that was actually anything that could appreci- uh, approximate 
like a, a design for a shirt that would be acceptable in the art world or in fashion is because he went to fashion school and his dad paid him to get A's like in fucking Billy Madison. And while he was drawing his forms, the, the, the teacher was literally just counting money and not even looking at him and saying, very good, Wyatt. Very yeah. good job. If this person had had like, you know, the confidence pounded out of them by reality like the rest of us, he might be awesome. Yeah. But there's just well, like the, the reason we all right. Well, as you Instead, say, like, we have to as, kill as our about, beautiful boy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 sorry, Wyatt. But I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, but I was gonna say, as you've said about the estate tax, Matt. Like the the the, the line here is like we need an, we need to have a a hundred percent estate tax almost. Absolutely. It's like here's the choice: you can have that, or you can have more Instagram poets. Yeah. Like, how do you not just go to the holler? Of Kentucky or wherever, and just play that video of him and say, your children are going to have untreated diabetes and die young because we gave this guy $500 billion for fancy hats. You know, and they're yeah. going to have to like have to like make people confronted because that is the choice. We're taking money away from people who desperately need it so that this fucking wad can can paddle around Milan and pretend to be a fashion designer. You know, I mean, I mean, but paddle literally. He's going to he's going to like he's going to be like a dugong. Yeah. And go through <laughs> the canals. But like the reason I see the canals in his giant shirt. As a young boy, I was inspired by Augustus Gloob's transportation methods. But in my dad bought Venice and filled the rivers with chocolate. The reason that we allow this is because we have we, we allow this kind of horrible inequality in America is because we have the myth of the wealth creation is like this Nietzschean conquest where you're proving yourself to be the ultimate human by conquering capitalism and, and how that results in this class of just sort of human gods practically like Randy and superheroes but all it really means is that wealth gets passively handed down to people who get progressively stupider and lazier and more worthless like there's dads are fucking inherit fail son shitheads too and and like that needs to be more emphasize this. that's what wealth allowing wealth inequality actually is it's allowing guys to build fans uh build like vanity clothing outfits or pet hotels or you know um but billboards that say who's my special guy on them for <laughs> idiot children you know of privilege I, I, just to go back to the shirt a little bit you know yeah, what just I, keep going back to the looks shirt like a fam you know what i was thinking what i like about it is like <laughs> most brands for fat guys are like you know finally a refined di- a dignified outfit <laughs> and this one they're trying it the same way where it's like you can look suave on your yacht <laughs> in, in charge in your boardroom when your dad takes you to work and lets you pack your own lunch but the designs, it's like, uh, does somebody want uh, little cupcakes on his shirt? <laughs> like, they're just like, the shirts are like mocking the fat rich guys that buy them. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine a video uh, where it's a Miami Vice style shot, like Michael Mann, late, like a, a witching hour moment of a fuck, or a golden hour moment of like a, a, a cigarette boat in the harbor with a guy standing on the prow with sunglasses, only he's wearing that outfit and they're playing the Pina Colada song. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's Michael, they do Miami Vice too and they play like Mogway and shit, like really cool music when Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx are getting off the boat. But then the dr- drug dealer is Wyatt. <laughs> and they're just, they're playing like uh, the elephant walk, <laughs> <laughs> or that just like that really slow tuba music that they play in reality TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Hey guys, I have the drugs. My dad got you presents." And it's, he gives them both copies of the Road to Serfdom. Oh Jesus Christ! But like, okay, so these guys are old. The Koch brothers are old shit. They know they're gonna die. They're not tech guys, so they don't believe they're going to become robots or whatever they're they know they're going to die and so they're accumulating all this wealth and they're doing all of this stuff to intervene in politics to assure that they keep getting all this wealth and doing all this stuff to prevent us from doing anything about global warming because so much of their money is in is in natural uh, gases and, and oil they're doing all of this to acquire as much money as possible not for them because they're going to be dead soon but because they want to pass it off and they think that that's sort of some immortality and that's so horrifyingly delusional the idea that you would allow the world to literally burn just so that your fucking fat fancy lad child can finger paint in the fucking ashes speaking of other shows that they're good parents (laughs) (laughs) if you went to the holler and showed everyone that i mean 
I, all the MAGA chuds are going to think, oh, this guy really triggers the libs. I'm going to get yeah. I'm going to get one of those shirts. Yeah, I know. That's going to be a fun new of trend. Course, I mean, no, no, one, no, one, no one in the hall. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll uh, grease it with animal fat and use it to, like, patch the holes in their tin roofs. Well, no, no one in the hall are fucking votes. But if you went to, like, Trump's real base in the suburbs and showed people that, they'd be like... Oh, this guy's just trying to make shirts, and it really offends the libs. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that you could really get them to. You could get them to go to like a Bushwick performance art space. You could get them to like anything that sucks. Yeah, yeah, which well, is fun. Like, that's kind of like the one tool that you have to make their lives somewhat more miserable. Yeah, well, that's all we have now. If you In the Twilight them- of America, all we have is the ability to just poke. The people we don't like in the fucking head. Yeah, and then they'll all wear those shirts, and then anti-racists will market their own shirts that are just also egregiously ugly, but have like, you have like dollar signs with a cross on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got two reading series for you this week, um, and I think they they very much go with our holiday theme, our sort of fail children theme, and uh, the first one comes by courtesy of Lisa Miller writing for something called the Foundation for Economic Education, or FEE, called... I prefer faux. <laughs> writing for Lisa Miller, writing for faux. I'm 90% sure this article was funded in some way by the Koch brothers. Money that didn't, Absolutely. That didn't go to the, uh, the, the, the party animal shirt company. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is titled, Three Reasons Millennials Should Ditch Karl Marx for Ayn Rand. Proper. Okay. Or dear mother. Here it goes. Dear avocado toast eating brethren. (laughs) We need to drop Karl Marx like we dropped cable TV. (sighs) So, you know, like no one, no one, we all watch it on our computers now. Mm -hmm. Avocado toast was just like, it's like an ironic thing to say now, right? Because of that one article. It's the only reason why we talk about it. It was a series. It's not really a cultural touchstone. So she goes, we're a generation that's sick of wars and threats of wars, mass shootings, and media sensationalism. <laughs> yeah, but we're not. <laughs> no, we're not at all. And I also like that I'm sure the, uh, was it Foundation for Economic Education is the people in charge of this think tank. I'm sure they're all really sick of war. They're really sad that America's at war all the time. <clears throat> These are teachers. I respect teachers. Okay. As the ambassadors of the sharing economy and investors in cryptocurrency, we hold innovation and entrepreneurship what? in high so esteem. What? So they're just assuming all millennials have cryptocurrency? Well, we, we, we hold innovation and entrepreneurship. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is, as you know this, is, is a very, very small base of actual owners. Oh, it's yeah. incredibly concentrated. Yeah, the like idea four, that everybody's like got a Bitcoin Nazis. fucking wallet in their back pocket is horseshit. So, as millennials... We hold innovation and entrepreneurship in high esteem. Karl Marx is not who we think he is. His philosophy doesn't align with our values at at all. We need to look to someone more in touch with what's important to us. Someone like Ayn Rand. Here are three reasons we should kick old Karl to the curb and pick up Ayn Rand instead. Reason number one. Karl Marx advocates using violence to get what you want. (laughs) Okay, we, as opposed to everyone else. We hate Earth. the don't you folks, don't you hate the constant stream of wars the US gets involved in, whether it's Iraq or Afghanistan or the threat of the Islamic State or no, North Korea. I hate Korea. these proletarian wars we keep fighting. <laughs> yeah, you know you know like all these uh, all these imperial wars like Afghanistan and Iraq we keep getting into. Karl Marx uh would have been in favor of that. Mm-hmm. So she goes, "Why can't everyone get along?" Why do we have to topple regime after regime and flex our muscles on Twitter? Don't even get us started on mass shootings. It's 2017 for crying out loud. This violence needs to stop. If only Karl Marx felt the same way. What is the libertarian <laughs> uh, explanation of mass shootings? That, uh, that's too a much, good question. Too much gun control? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> rewa- if reward, they'd all had guns. A reward yeah. for cool men who succeed in business <laughs> and uh, are gourmands with certain East Asian delicacies. Look. <laughs> and they don't pay. If they you don't do not pay. The the not at bill, all. If you don't think the next bill after this tax bill that's going to pass is if you make a certain amount of money, you can kill people. Stephen's Law. The <laughs> Stephen's Law is on the fucking docket. Yeah. So... 
If only Karl Marx felt the same way. But unfortunately, he says that the only way to bring about the ideal political state is through violent revolution. I don't get it. They get, that, that's how America was founded as well. Well, the, they're just doing this thing of trying to imply that all that they're going with the old NAP thing of libertarianism is all is all non coerced and right. it's just mutual, which is of course insane gibberish. But then they just group all violence together. Class war is the same as school shootings is the same as the invasion of Afghanistan. And she, uh, let's let's look at the greatest libertarian of all time, Augusto Pinochet. Augusto <laughs> Pinochet didn't kill anyone. I mean, people. Like it all started with Allende's death, but Allende killed himself. He did kill himself because Pinochet beat him in an argument. Like yeah, he demonstrated and it's his like logic. technically with the people of the helicopters, it was gravity that pulled them to Earth. It wasn't yeah. any. It they wasn't also, Pinochet. which is left, a law. Yeah, they, yeah and they, that's how laws kill people. Natural law, the best kind. Yeah, and they left the helicopter the helicopters because they were losing arguments <laughs> about the market they were embarrassed yeah. about how badly they'd been owned yeah so she includes a uh, a quote from the communist manifesto where uh marx says in depicting the most general phases of the development of the proletariat, we trace the more or less veiled civil war raging within existing society up to the point where that war breaks out into open revolution and where the violent overthrow of the bourgeoisie lays the foundation for the sway of the proletariat. Lisa says, oh, brother, please, no more wars. <laughs> That's amazing. Ayn Rand this on the other... This George Binks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, begun, this class How, war I mean, has... Obviously, it's absurd, but it's so nakedly absurd that you just wonder the degree of cynicism that went into writing that. Is this just somebody who has a number of X number of words they have to put out in a given week so that they get their fucking soylent pellet come out of the fucking side of their uh, apartment so and un- they can gnaw on that for the weekend? I mean, wh- how do you fucking bring yourself to write something like Unlike that? Unlike Karl Marx, Ayn Rand is not a proponent of violence. She says violence should only be a means of self-defense. Oh, If someone okay. invades your country you can retaliate if someone punches you in the face you can retaliate if someone tries to steal your stuff then you can retaliate but there's no reason you should employ violence other than if you or your st- or your stuff no. is attacked. What where, about where that stuff the stuff that I produce with my labor? Yeah, that's that's yeah. stole all the time. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's yeah. you stealing my time. Yeah. What's this bitch And also thing? Yeah, her this is, is the fucking NAP. Her name with, is Lisa Miller. Lisa spelled L E. Her name is Lisa. Okay, Lisa. It's a yeah, bullshit exactly. name. It's Josh Wheaton and it's Lisa Miller. We're not Lisa. fucking deigning to use these people's absurd non-name. L E I S A. Lisa Miller. Lisa Miller. Lisa. So but it's the NAP, and the and the NAP is one of the most transparently self-refuting pieces of tautology ever, because the whole premise is violence is only good if it's legitimate. Well, that's what every philosophy on earth thinks. It's just the question of what that definition of legitimate is. So she's saying violence is only good when it's defensive. Well, everybody who's ever initiated violence thought they were doing it defensively. Fucking who gives a shit? The knockout game is defensive. <laughs> Reason number two that we need to ditch Karl Marx like landline telephones and you know rollerblades is uh, Karl Marx appeals to your emotional indignation. Ah, <laughs> Yes. And she goes, I groan every time a boomer rants about entitled millennials these days. We're not entitled. I'm like you. <laughs> We're not lazy. And I we'll- listen to Lil Pump. I'm a member of the Gucci gang. <laughs> <laughs> and when they try to guilt us into going to church more, or playing video games less, or buying a house, or getting married while we're still young, police, emotional appeals are the worst. Are you fucking kidding? This is just the uh, how do you do fellow kids meme. Yeah. This is just what this is. And don't even get us started on media sensationalism. We've had enough of the red shouting faces, the blatant lying and fear mongering, the quote, war on Christmas. The media is constantly trying to pit us against each other. It turns yeah. That is that is crap. I, yeah. I'm does, also against war. Does she have an author photo? Uh, she does. Does she look like Steve Buscemi? No, <laughs> she doesn't look like Steve Buscemi. But um, at least, at least not on the outside. <laughs> um, you have a Steve Buscemi soul. <laughs> I like how I like how dated her her the parental things are. Where it's like, go to church and stop playing your Atari. I, I just love the way that if, if this were updated, they'd be like, don't you, and blue jean dungarees. Yeah. Don't, don't you 
you know, we hate emotional appeals like stop drinking cough medicine and popping Zans all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to die like little peep. <laughs> the youngest millennials are what, like 21 years old at this point? Like yeah. this appears to be aimed at 10 year olds. Yeah. This is like something that would run in the Flanders press. And it's such a it's such a, a hilariously <laughs> naked attempt to sort of get beneath the defensive. It's like, hey, we all hate the war on Christmas, right? So we're in agreed. Poor people should starve in the gutter. Yeah, just so it's just so clumsy. Like it really you can really tell that like Coke money paid for this mm-hmm. just because of you could write you could just do a plug and play for anything. You could make this article like against Jews, you could do this article about like bathing yeah. daily, you could do this article about like eating vegetables. You Things we do, all oppose. Yeah, <laughs> all of those. It so just, it, there, there's just no. I mean, she says she hates emotional appeal because these are logic patents, and they're like mm, the last refute of the scoundrels to try to appeal to their more base emotions, but like compassion, yeah, compassion, <laughs> dignity, like, uh, yeah, this is d- desire for your own future, love, but, yeah. <laughs> imagination. Is, this is only persuasive if you've never ever heard anyone say, "Hey, mass shootings are a bummer," right? <laughs> like this is the first time you've heard this finally argument somebody made, who understands, and you're me. like, okay, you know. Oh, you got me listening. What else you got? Yeah. Jack Lemon in Glengarry Glen Ross did a stronger, more charismatic sales job than this. <laughs> so uh, no, she just liked talking to libertarians. <laughs> so she says, it turns out that Karl Marx uses the same us versus them hysteria as CNN and Fox News. He appeals to pathos and emotional outrage to, like we discussed above, try yes, to get us to start a war. Famously emotionally hysterical Karl Marx. <laughs> yeah. Many, uh, you know, many are the nights that I go through uh, Dust Capital One, and I'm like, wow, this is really kind of heavy-handed with the emotions. Yeah, it's like, oh, another table of uh, of uh, how many fucking bowls of uh, of cotton were produced in Manchester in 1842. Enough with the emotional appeals, Carl. Well, here's I'm the emotional really appeal. manipulated right now. Here's yeah, the emotional yeah, as, appeal. As Carl Marx said, uh, dealt with a bitch, she played with my cards. <laughs> Fucked by my friends, they read all my cards. Uh, you know, he was like Kevin Gates. This is the emotional appeal that she's quoting. This is from Marx here again. Freeman and slave, patrician and plebeian, lord and serf, guildmaster and journeyman, in a word, oppressor and oppressed, stood in constant opposition to one another, carried on an uninterrupted, now hidden, now open fight, a fight that each time ended either in a revolutionary reconstruction of society at large or in the common ruin of the contending classes. That's not a fucking emotional appeal. It's a fucking, it's a statement. It's a claim. No, that's us us versus them rhetoric. He sounds insane. I am so sick of people just like red, screaming, crying, and making us want to blame all our problems on guild masters? Leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, uh, pointing out that there was a slave society that resolved contradictions into its an eventual ab- abolition and that that happened again and again with fucking uh, with feudalism and, and give me a break. Come on. Yeah, this is with basically Karl Marx's like uh, someone stole my earbuds post. <laughs> yeah, Karl Karl Marx was on Bad Girls Club. <laughs> so she goes, "We're not having any of that, though, are we? We're done being manipulated by outrage and this hysteria." This is the least persuasive woman this on is, earth. Time to change the channel. She's literally saying, "Let's never get mad again." <laughs> she says, "It's we're yeah, we're done with feeling anger at yeah. the state of the world. No, that was no more emotion than 2018. Let's do it." She goes, uh, it's time to change the channel. To so that, Now she's getting her like, no, we thought we gave yeah, up we cable, right, TV, no cable TV. It's like, it's time, to, it's time to switch Netflix streams. It's time to sli- switch that Snapchat filter. No, it's filter. time to swipe right. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's, time, it's time to get paused. <laughs> this is, yeah. So she goes, Call me Mary J. Blige because it's no more drama. We're all ANCAP. It's time now. to change the channel to something a little calmer, more grounded, and personally empowering. Ayn Rand is all. <laughs> Ayn Rand is a very calm writer. Yeah, absolutely. She goes, Ayn Rand, fortunately, has the peaceful empowerment we're so desperately missing. 
While Karl Marx wants you to blame <laughs> others for your plights, Ayn Rand wants you to introspect and perhaps reassess your values. She's than- yipped up on methamphetamines <laughs> and wrote a 9,000 word fucking or page novel that has a weird rape scene in it that isn't there for any reason. It doesn't really motivate the plot, but it's also kind of about architecture. Look, it's very calm. Also, by the way, Ayn Rand had no problem initiating the NAP against uh, Native Americans who she thought had no right whatsoever to uh, the land. Because they didn't build skyscrapers. Also, when her boyfriend said he couldn't fuck her anymore because he didn't find her attractive, she said that he was no longer logical and kicked him out of her weird cult. The collective, it was called. There, I would probably do the same thing. (laughs) I'm sorry, you're not making any sense right now. Rather than encouraging you to camouflage yourself into, quote, a union of workers, she wants to empower you as an individual (sighs) to create a meaningful life for yourself. Mass hysteria, be gone. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is the good shit. This is like, you know, you know who joins uh, unions? Joiners, conformists. (laughs) Fake friends. Fake friends. You know who's cool and empowered? Someone who wants to be their boss's little baby. <laughs> why, why try to fit into a union when you were born to stand out? Now we're talking. Last reason. Oh, thank God. Karl Marx <laughs> wants mankind to rest on its laurels. She goes, what? well, we've got pretty good iPhones. SpaceX can salvage and relaunch rockets. And thanks to services Three like... Three out of every five times. <laughs> can, can salvage and relaunch rockets. And thanks to services like HelloFresh and Blue Apron, we no longer have to go to the grocery <laughs> Is store. Is this a sponsored post? <laughs> <laughs> Time to pack it up. Call it a day. Everyone go home. There's no more need for innovation, at least according to Karl Marx. If Marx had his way... All incentives to improve and create cooler things would be stripped out of our lives along with our private property. Following the logical progression of his communal philosophy, when we're all slaving away for the greater good and the highest achieving members of society are having the fruits of their labors redistributed to the lowest achievers. And then she goes, insert flashback to the... Instead of why... Instead of fucking... Wyatt Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why Wyatt Coke is the perfect lead into this. So she goes, um, when the highest achieving members of society are having their fruits of their labor redistributed to the lowest achievers, and then she goes in, in a parenthetical, insert flashback to the freeloaders of group projects at school. <laughs> yeah, y'all know how they be. <laughs> Woo! She's trying to get kids into her fucking van. Yeah. yeah. That's what will happen. She's going innovation, to junior high school kids. Innovation would cease under Marxism. Well, that is what Karl Marx said, that, that the human development would end after the final stage after we've built stamps.com. <laughs> um, I'd much rather have the, the super innovative system where 500 competing firms are making the same boner pill formulas and, and uh, fucking 700 different types of, uh, of fucking apps to to uh, arbitrage local cab reg- uh, legislation. All you have to do to hear the unbelievable innovation of capitalism is listen to the live reads of any podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God. Wow, wait a minute. Are you saying decorative, uh, dec- decorative pocket squares to my house? Wait, I can have a slave who walks my dog if I press this button on my phone. But with Ayn Rand's philosophy, our stuff will always remain ours. We don't have to share our Nintendo Switch with our little sister who drops her phone She's talking to dad. children. We can rest easy knowing that if we want to take a big risk and invest in cryptocurrencies while our parents mutter Ponzi scheme under their breath, we have the opportunity for a big reward. With our parents' money. And best of all, with Ayn Rand's philosophy, reaffirming our desire to be great and create great things, maybe someday we will have Jarvis, jetpacks, and flying hammocks. Flying hammocks. I don't know. Flying that hammocks. Is, is, that is a Homer Simpson fantasy. That's yeah. not a thing that someone wants. Yeah, look how good libertarians are at inventing things. It's like yeah. you could invent anything for your rhetorical device, and she's like. Yeah, what if a fucking uh, chair had wheels on it? How about how about clean drinking water and a place to live for most? The, the yeah. brilliant idea is: uh, what if I turn this oil derrick in international waters into a fucking roller rink? What if I turn this child into my wife? <laughs> That's true libertarian that innovation. True libertarianism. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the most ironic thing about this piece is that this person who is an exponent of 
dynamic capitalism and the way it rewards skill and innovation and hard work put out a piece that has all the earmarks of something produced by a gray Soviet bureaucracy, by somebody who does not give a shit and will never be remunerated for what they've done. No, I don't believe just, that this, this person is, is in an this algorithm. Is punch, Let me see. This is punch. Uh, this is punch clock bullshit. This is this is I got. I need five hundred words by the end of the day, or else I'm not going to be able to afford to go to Georgetown drinks with the heritage interns. She's staff personal. Let's see here. Uh, She's a marketing coordinator. Yeah. In a real job. You want to talk about dynamic capitalism? A real productive job. Lisa enjoys listening to 20th century classical music. There is no such thing. That is a post-classical Literally our joke about listening to Hans Zimmer and being like, oh, I love classical. Yes, exactly. Learning languages, preparing gongfu style tea, and swing dancing. No, this woman is 45. I'm sorry. She has... Swing dancing? Swing dancing. Last, Last popular in the... Mid nineties, this woman is an exennial at best. She might even be a fucking boomer. This person doesn't exist. I don't believe in them. This is a this is this is not real. Well, her prose certainly is. Somebody made that unless that is the first work of some think tank AI. Yeah. Which if it this is an fire, algorithm. if it ended up making all these assholes lose their jobs, all these people who say, Stop whining, put down the avocado toast. You guys uh, need Swing to let dancing. the let the free market do its work. If they all get fucking downsized because they just built an an uh, a fucking machine that can spit this shit out, that will be Amazing, and yeah, I hope this it's happening. Is, this person is Gen X. This person is my mom. Swing dancing. The fact of the ma- the last graph here. The fact of the matter is that Karl Marx doesn't align with what's important to us millennials. If it were up to him, mm. we'd be starting more violent wars. We'd be widening the gap of distrust between one another, and we'd strip ourselves of all incentives to make the world cooler than it already is. Mm. So it's time we adopt a new philosopher. Let's look up to people like Ayn Rand. Thank you, Lisa. Well, the joke's on her because the only people who are in the age range for this kind of prose are don't read. They just watch those YouTube videos where the Joker beheads Elsa. (laughs) (laughs) Literally targeted to little infant babies. You know, it's Um, probably produced by the same algorithm as the you know Joker beheading Elsa. This like, isn't a real person. Is. It's AI. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you guys are all on your asses, buddy. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, Matt, you shouldn't be so happy about this. What if an AI replaced us? What? No machine could do that. Cut to the Simpsons. <laughs> Don't badmouth the machine. <laughs> what, what a bunch of clowns. Looks like those cucks in Congress are at it again. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, that's all the reasons you should be uh, reading Ayn Rand and not Karl Marx. Ayn Rand, famous non-hysteric, all <laughs> whose characters don't scream about architecture on every single page because a column is in the wrong place. So, uh, I guess that's uh, it for us this week. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll be back soon in the Christmas and New Year vacation break. Oh, before we go, two Oh, we got, we got some plugs. Yeah, we got we some, plugs some plugs to do. Plugs. Uh, finally, at long last, Matt and I... To Titans. Titans. Titans of Forensics will be squaring off at the Bell House on January 19th. Topic resolved gaming. The epic gaming debate is going down at the Bell House. Matt versus Virgil, the honor of all video games and gamers at stake. Hosted by No Cartridge. Yes, hosted by no, the No Cartridge podcast and our friend Trev. All right. Uh, Tickets are on sale for $10. All right. Uh, Wednesday, December 27th, two days after Christmas, two days after your family got you candles, even though you told them you get migraines from scents. <laughs> Me and Rich Singh at the hideout in Chicago. Tickets are $10 on sale now. Link to the ticket thing is in the description. If you want to find out why a poo is problematic, go to this event. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Will I do anything? Will I show up? I don't know. What if I die (laughs) on the plane ride over? It could happen. Not that many people die on plane rides anymore, but they are deregulating the FAA. It's fine if I do. I believe in reincarnation. What if I get reincarnated as a different performer? It doesn't matter. Just buy the tickets. Buy the fucking tickets. Buy them. Yeah, buy them. (laughs) Gaming debate. Felix in Chicago at the hideout. You already know what time it is. You know what to do. 
Chapo will be with you throughout the holidays and New Year, keeping you company while you avoid your family. We love you. Till we next are time. your family. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.